Blog Talk Radio. It's Sunday evening, and welcome to Blog Talk Radio. Your hosts for tonight's show are Robert Brining and Jeremy Dunn. They'll be taking your calls and speaking on the topic of the week. You're encouraged to call in and share some of your life experiences with us. The number to call is 347-215-9442. That number again, 347-215-9442. Welcome to Pause I Am Radio. Hello? Scott, I hope you're on the air. <laughs> I am. Hello. Hello. Oh, my gosh. There was technical difficulties starting the show. Well, stuff happens, you know. Uh, that That is so true. So true. I mean, I, I call in and it says, ooh, technical difficulty. I don't even, I didn't even hear the um, the intro play, and I even played it, so <laughs> I, I don't know what happened. So I, I think we're on. I see that we're on. I, I see you. I see me, and I think we're there. So, awesome! Uh, golly. So, how was your week? My week was great. Um, it was a week of pride and happiness, and uh, thinking about you know HIV and stuff like that. How was your week? My week was fantastic. But before I get into all of that, I want to remind folks, and I forgot to say. Good morning, and or good afternoon, good evening, whatever we're at, whatever time zone you're in. This is Pod and I Am Radio, and tonight it's your hosts are Jeremy Dunn and Scott Kramer because Mr. Robert Brining went somewhere for some soccer thing, I think, in Canada. I, I think yes, he's traveling internationally. That's right. So he went somewhere. <laughs> so. <clears throat> So it's the two of us, and we are going to um, limp through this as much as we can um, without without the guidance of our master, Robert. Um, <laughs> he kind of, I think he'd like being called master, too. Absolutely. But we know he's here in spirit, and he's going to be listening to this at some point. So let's make I know, proud. so we have to be good. <laughs> yes. We have to be good. We've got to be good. All right. So, anyway, so back to um, what I did this week. What did I do this week? Well, I worked like a madman. Uh-huh. And um, and and I have to make a public apology to um, Daddy Tab because uh, Saturday was the Carolina Cares uh, Partnership 5K run, and which um, I was lucky enough to be asked to host and MC. So, um, and and in part of all of that, in my haste of running out of the door because I was 15 minutes late, I forgot the bear on the counter. Oh no! I know. Oh God! I I'm I'm the worst. I am the absolute worst ambassador for for Dad the AIDS bear. Um and and I I just hope he doesn't want me to send the bear back because. That would be heartbreaking. Um, <laughs> but I, I uh, so so Daddy Dab, um, I the chat room isn't opening yet for me. So 
Um, as soon as that comes up, uh, if you're in and you're listening, um, I apologize for not taking the bear. Uh, um, well, there there are a few people in the chat room. I can see everybody. Um, oh, good. And so it's it's looking um, nice and full. And I have a story about um, Dab the AIDS Bear, too. I went on the AIDS Walk New York at the end of May, and actually the middle of May, and I walked with uh, some of my team members, and one of them took Dab the AIDS Bear, and we got separated, and I didn't get him back until three days later. So I wasn't <laughs> able to get him. <laughs> Did you no ask him what kind of what, – what kind of – travels did he have you know what i i couldn't even ask because i was so heartbroken that i wasn't able to get any pictures uh with jab to aids bear on the new york aids walk other people did which i saw um but it was very sad that he wasn't with me that day but you know he was there still on the aids walk so that well, was that's good yeah, yeah yeah at least they got i just wonder what kind of crazy things he got to see gosh i don't know i guess i could ask him <laughs> you you could and if he answers back then we need to probably have a little chat yeah there may need to be some sort of intervention or something I don't know yeah I, I think medication would be on order <laughs> <laughs> so um, so I want to tell you about the the, the 5k run that um, that we that I that I was hosting um, it's a run it's, it's a 5k run so you know, we had 150 runners and which was amazing. So wow. we're very, very thrilled. Uh, and we're just extremely thrilled about that. But that's not even the most exciting part. To me, the exciting part was um, I'm up there, I'm, I'm doing some intros, and I look out across the way, and I see um, three or four people with um, the Shrek headbands on, you know, with the Shrek ears. Yeah, um, I think Shrek is... is Shrek still running in New York? Yes, I think maybe. Actually, I'm not quite sure. Okay. Well, we had a tour of Shrek come through uh, starting Wednesday through Sunday, um, the national tour of Shrek. And um, so I look over and I say, oh, you know, and of course I'm on a big microphone PA system and I'm, you know, broadcasting across the, you know, Charlotte, South Charlotte there. And I say, oh, I see Shrek ears. Did you all go to see the show? And then they all go, no, we're in the cast. I'm like, you're kidding me. I'm going to go see the show tonight at 8 o'clock. And this was yesterday. Uh-huh. So, so we, you know, do all of that a little bit. And then after the race, one of the um, cast members come up and said, you know what, if you're coming to see the show tonight, meet us back at the stage door, and I'll give you a tour backstage. Wow. I got to go see backstage of Shrek. It what was, was amazing. Oh, it, well, I have been behind many, many stages. You know, well, <laughs> that's a whole other topic, a whole other story for later. Um, but it was it was really, really neat. We're walking back there, and I'm looking up, and you see Dragon, you know, the puppet, and how uh-huh. it's all curled up and tucked up, and, and everything gets flown in, and and. You know, it, it, it's it really was pretty neat, and it's it was really amazing, and um, and I love that. I I absolutely love the theater, and I love live theater because you know that's what I studied in college, uh-huh. and um and so it was it was nice to it was kind of like going back home a little bit. It was like oh, I miss this. 
the smell oh, of that's that, great. Like, yeah, you know, the smell of the pancake makeup and powder backstage and, and the hustle and the bustle and the quick change locations and everything. It was just, it, 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 I miss that life. Wow. And, and then and I realized, how, how was, was the that? show? Oh, the show was fantastic. It, it's it's Shrek. I mean, it was very funny. They had some great um, uh, point, uh, pointy little um, jokes about musical theater and things like that. So it was it was just a lot of fun, and um, there. I mean, it was just tons and tons of fun. So I I had a great time. Oh, terrific! Great time. Yeah, just terrific. So I think we are waiting for our guest tonight, and okay. um, I just want to uh, let folks know who that is. Our guest this evening, his name is Logan Vox, and uh, he's the founder of the Positive Young People Foundation, and we're just waiting for him to call in, so we'll kind of kill some time here until he does. And, Absolutely. And, uh, so, so what else has been going on with you? Scott? Well, let me tell you. Um, at the end of May, I went to the Boston College HIV AIDS Conference, which was the 23rd Annual National Conference on Social Work and HIV and AIDS. Um, it was held in Atlanta, and it was a four-day conference. And I have to tell you, just being around all those social workers and talking about HIV and AIDS and prevention and living with it and ways to counsel people and have therapeutic interventions uh, with young people and old people and everybody in between was uh, just amazing and wonderful. And I met so many great people and there's so much good stuff going on in the world around social work and therapeutic services for people living with HIV and AIDS um, that it was just a really nice thing to see. And I already can't wait to go to next year's conference, um, which is going to be in Miami. Oh, wow. Yeah. So it's a, it's a great thing, and it's great that it's been going on for 23 years already. And uh, I was really glad and proud to be a part of that. Oh, that that's that's. That was sounds like a really interesting time, and it sounds like you had a great time. Yeah, it was fantastic. So who did you meet? What did you do there? Uh, well, I did a couple of presentations um, about the work that I do. Um, I did one on my own and one with a coworker of mine. And, um, and then I went to a lot of workshops as well. Um, and mm -hmm. there, there's people doing research in um, – aging and HIV. There's people doing research in um, children and HIV and uh, perinatal infections and uh, all sorts of things like that. It's just, it's just wonderful. So it's one of those conferences where uh, I didn't really get to go out and see the city all that much, the city of Atlanta, because there was so much to do and so many people to meet and so many workshops to go to that I was involved with that the whole entire time, <laughs> I didn't really get to go anywhere else, <laughs> unfortunately. Yeah. Yeah. Well, have you ever been to Atlanta? That was my first time. Oh, wow. Yeah, wow. and I saw a lot of the, the inside of the hotel, um, but that was pretty <laughs> much it. <laughs> no kidding. Jeez. Yeah, yeah. Oh, so what was your favorite workshop? What did you, what'd you get out of it? 
Gosh, well, I, I would have to say that my favorite workshop was um, this one social worker uh, from Boston showed a, a documentary movie called The Smiths, I think it was called, and it's about uh, this uh, Mormon family, I believe, where um, the the father has uh, contracted HIV, and then it develops into AIDS, and um, then his wife winds up getting HIV as well through him, and it's sort of how she supports him through his illness and eventual death and how his two teenage sons deal with it as well. Wow. Yeah, it was it was a beautiful movie, and um, I, I'm not exactly sure where to get it though. <laughs> that's the only uh, that's the only problem. Um, but if gotcha. I can figure it out, I'll certainly post it, you know, online yeah, somewhere. Yeah, do that, do that, yeah. absolutely. Yeah. Um, that reminds me of a book that I read um, called Anonymity, mm. and um, it centers around a gentleman who happens to be the father of uh, the actress, Anne Hesch. Oh, okay. Yes. Her father um, was gay and in the closet and mm-hmm. um, contracted HIV. And it was it went through, it talked about, and it was written by um, Anne Hesch's sister. And um, golly, I don't have the book in front of me and I don't even have her name in front of me but um, it was it was a touching touching story and uh, it was sad and just it was very interesting so and I got to learn a little bit more about Anne Heche at the same time so oh okay yeah so you you get to learn a little bit more about kind of why she is the way she is ah gotcha yeah, yeah, I mean she's she's a um a, a little bit odd from what I remember when she was sort of a little bit more in the public eye, but um I do also remember hearing about her dad um a little bit, although I didn't know that there was a book. Um so that would be certainly interesting to read. Yeah, the book is Anonymity. Okay. Oh, so, yeah, it, it was it's very interesting. So, um let's see. It is now quarter past 9. Okay. And our guest has not yet called in. Right. Well, we'll we'll just keep waiting for him. That so, and, and I still cannot get into the chat room, so I'm leaving the chat room duties up to you, Scott. Okay. Well, there's one, two, three, there's five of us in the chat room, and one person is from Toronto. I don't know where the other people are from. Uh, okay. But it's very exciting. Um, but I did want to tell you that um, I was actually able to see the play The Normal Heart by Larry <gasps> Kramer. Get out. It, if anyone is in New York and you can go and see this play, go and see this play. It was uh, one of the best things that I've seen on Broadway in a long time. And it's all about sort of the beginning of the AIDS epidemic. It was written by Larry Kramer and it's about uh, also the beginning of gay men's health crisis and uh, ACT UP. Wow. Yeah. I mean, from in I guess it ran away with a whole bunch of Tony Awards. Yeah, I think they got three. Um and yeah, Ellen three. Barkin won one. Uh yeah. she 
is she plays a doctor in the show, and she is actually in a wheelchair the entire show. And she has this monologue sort of like, I think it's like three-quarters of the way through, um, that it, it just had Tony written all over it when I saw it. Very emotional. Um, I just couldn't believe that that was her because I always sort of thought, oh, well, you know, she's very pretty, but I, I don't remember really anything that she acted in. And uh, But, wow, did she deserve that. Ellen Barkin was blonde, right? Yeah, she's blonde, and she really is very pretty. Um, and and I have to tell you this, her role in this, I'm so glad that she won that Tony Award because, wow, she just totally blew it out of the water. Amazing. Wow. So so you would recommend? I would Go highly recommend it. Yes, highly recommend it. Um, uh, you sort of have to be in the mood for it a little bit because yep. it's very intense and it's very emotional. I hear it's a. I heard it's very heavy. Yeah, yeah. It is in a and good way. It sort of keeps you thinking. Yeah. And it's and from what I remember, not I, I haven't obviously seen it because I think this is the first time it's ever been produced. Well, actually, it was produced. Um, I think in the I don't know, two thousand three or two thousand four. Was at it? the public theater? Yeah, and I saw it oh, there okay. too. Um, but I I think that it was, I don't know, everyone's saying that this production was uh, so much better, but I sort of remember them being kind of the same, at least in my mind. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I get that a lot, you know. it's it's I get a lot of the sameness in my mind. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> happens to me a lot. So, so Scott, are, are you partaking in your um, normal weekly Sunday activity, which is a bath and... Um, and big glass of wine. <laughs> I did. I took my bath just before. <laughs> With See, my bubbles and so. my Epsom salts. Yep. But tonight I only yeah. had a glass of water because uh, as I am co-hosting with you, I didn't want to be slurring my words after drinking too much wine in the bathtub. Why not? I am. <laughs> <laughs> You're much better at, at uh, doing that than I am, I have to tell you. <laughs> much better at slurring my words than you are. Okay. <laughs> I'm not sure how to feel about that. Um, <laughs> oh, goodness. I mean, yeah, we're just sitting here talking like a couple little girlfriends, aren't we? I know. Isn't it fun? It, it is fun, and we're doing it in front of everybody. We certainly are, and people are saying hello, and uh, Travis in the chat room is from Virginia, um, so we're getting a lot of uh, nice people listening to us. Hey, excellent. Does anybody have a question for us that they, that they want to ask or anything? So anyone again, have a question? I, I yeah, anyone have a question? I, I can't see the chat room for some reason. It will not start for me. Oh, no. Well, so far no one has a question. Um, but okay. if anybody does, please uh, put it in the chat room. Um, or even I guess you can call in before Logan does at 347-215-9442. And we'll just and we'll just – chat a little bit. We'll just talk. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, you know. Um so so what pro so so Scott, yeah. Since I'm the regular on the show and you're not. You you are the you are our um our go to pinch hitter. You're right. the guy that we go to when um one of our other hosts isn't able to make it. And we love you for that. 
Aww. So, so since, 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 since Logan hasn't called in yet, why don't we talk about what you've been doing and how, um, what you've been doing in your practice and uh, with HIV therapy a little bit? Sure. Um, All right. Well, in my practice, I work for a, a youth organization um, in New York City. Uh, it's called the Hetrick Martin Institute, and it is the um, oldest LGBT youth organization in the country. Um, and uh, so we serve young people, uh, LGBTQ, which is lesbian, gay, bisexual, transgender, and questioning, and straight allied youth um, between the ages of 12 and 24, and we really have a variety of different services, um, after-school services. And uh, But what I do is I'm a social worker, and so I concentrate on providing counseling services uh, to the young people who are members there. And um, so it can be long-term, short-term, individual, group, family. Um, it can focus around anything from coming out to housing, to HIV prevention or living with HIV, um, substance use, addiction issues, domestic violence. So those are the things that uh, I concentrate on. And uh, one of the groups that I actually run um, that I piloted there and has been successful uh, is an HIV-infected, affected support group. Um, And... It's really for anybody at all that has any interest in HIV. Um, a young person does not have to be HIV positive to come to it. And uh, we just talk about all sorts of aspects of HIV, um, medication, where it came from, uh, not so much about prevention because a lot of our other programming uh, involves prevention. And so mm-hmm. this is a little bit of a, little bit of a different group. Um, so that's basically what I do during the day. And then on Sundays, uh, about almost a year ago, I just start, I started to uh, run a group called High Five, um, which is a support group for gay men living with HIV and AIDS in New York City. Um, I rent out a space at the LGBT Center on Sundays from 1130 to 1245. And uh, I started the group because I felt like there needed to really be a community um, for gay men living with HIV and AIDS. And I felt like there are things for gay men living with HIV and AIDS to do, but it seemed like there was something missing on Sunday morning. And my vision was that we would have this group and then the members would become friends and be able to go out to brunch and form their own community and support each other. And uh, I'm not so sure that the members have gone to brunch yet, uh, but they certainly do support each other. And um, the, you know, the group has been fairly consistent with members um, ranging from newly diagnosed to long-term survivors to thinking about starting medication. Um, Issues range from isolation to... uh, relationships to disclosure. Um, so those are those are the things that I focus on in terms of my practice um, and my mm-hmm. work with HIV and AIDS. Well, I think that's commendable. Yeah, I, it's really, 
I, I was a, a social worker in the beginning of my work life. Um, I was originally a graphic designer, and at some point in time, I decided, well, I really want to do something instead of sort of, you know, making money for the man. Um, and with my husband's support, I was able to go back to school full time and become a social worker. And uh, it really seems to have been the right, <laughs> the right decision for me because I've been just on a roll um, with doing all the stuff that I really love to do. Well, that's that's a big switch from graphic yeah. design to social work. It is a pretty big switch, uh, I must say. And I, I put graphic design so far behind me that I don't even remember how to design a website. So <laughs> I've been thinking about, you know, designing a website so that I can uh, direct people who might want to go to High Five uh, support group on Sundays, uh, you know, to it. It would be nice to have a card or be able to send out something. Um, and I'm, I don't remember how to do websites anymore, so I have to go and figure out uh, how to hire somebody to do that because now oh, as a no. social worker, I make a lot less money. So it has yep. to do with, you know, uh, trying to find the right person at the right price um, with the right design skills that I don't wow. have anymore. Yeah. <laughs> well, you have them. They're just a little rusty. A little bit, yeah. <laughs> oh, goodness. Hey, we are approaching the bottom of the hour. It is five minutes to 9.30, and okay. I just want to remind folks that if anybody wants to call in and um, talk with us a little bit, the number is 347-215-9442. And remember, when you call in, to hit the number one key, um, and that will alert us to let us know that you would like to speak with us. So, mm-hmm. um, so wow. Okay, so graphic design, social work. Graphic yeah. So you you that that's pretty amazing to go from very non-personal to completely personal. Yeah, yeah, I you know, I think it's something Oh, we have a caller. I somebody oh wants gosh, to call. Oh my gosh, we have in. a caller. Yeah, okay. Hold on one second. I will bring him on. Okay, excellent. All right. So, caller, you're on the air. Hi guys, this is Diane from C2EA Mountain. How are you? Good, Hi, how Diane. are you, Diane? Good, good. We just got done doing, we wrapped up Pride Fest this weekend. It was a great, great festival that we had going on. Excellent. That was great. So that was Excellent. awesome. Yeah, so what we did you guys really, do there? In Denver? Well, yeah. I'm actually with Empowerment, the Empowerment Program for Women, and uh, we help women that are actually just getting out of uh, incarceration to get on to more positive life, and we also have... Uh, a WAP program for HIV-positive women. And then I'm in the process of getting my own support group started called Positive Women in Action. And um, I'm also working under C2EA as well. I know you guys have talked to Larry and Michelle before. So, uh, And Larry is a really, really great individual. I would refer him to anybody. <laughs> so, um, But, yeah, I, I've been doing that for pretty, well, probably about six, seven years now. Wow. Wow. And I'm like a really so, huge fan of your show. I listen to you guys all the time, and oh, well, I know you've tried to you. get me on here as a guest. And so I'm, one of these days, I will probably get on your show. I promise you. <laughs> I just been so busy. Well, we will have to talk to Robert about that, for so, sure. So he can get off his little rump. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. And, and 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 let me tell you, Robert has a little rump. 
He's a skinny uh, little white boy who plays soccer. Uh, you know he's got a little rump. <laughs> anyway, so he's. I. I. You know what? I'm totally going to get an email about this. But he's going to say, "I think you are about my rump." Yeah, and I'll say, "Well, you know, what? at least you have a little rump, and most of us strive to have a little rump." You, you know that is much. true. Uh, and, and I have to tell you, as I uh, in the current issue of HIV Plus magazine, there is an article about um, padded undergarments from people that don't even have a little rump anymore, maybe due to yeah. medication and HIV. And so it's definitely uh, worth a look. I'll try and post that in the um, oh, you yeah, chat room. Absolutely. Yeah, it's actually a really good article. Definitely. So, so Diane, how was Pride, the Pride Festival? It was great. We had a blast. They had a big, huge parade, and you name it, they had it. Were you in leather? (laughs) Yeah, there was actually, I was there yesterday, so they kind of wrapped it up today, I guess. But when I was there yesterday, I mean, there was, like, so many people. It was, like, right in the heart of downtown Denver. It was great. So what were you wearing? Were you wearing leather? Actually, no, I wasn't. <laughs> I just I just wanted to check it out. It's the first time I've ever been to Pride Fest before. And so one of my friends, she decided that she was totally done with men. And she's like, I just want to go and get a gay girlfriend. Let's go to Pride Fest. I'm like, okay. <laughs> well, so where to find I one? just went just to go, you know what I mean? Yep, like, I didn't absolutely. plan on going. We just went, more or less. <laughs> That's so it was awesome. interesting. <laughs> That's awesome. We're That's in the midst now of getting ready for the uh, the women's campaign, which will be held um, down in Louisiana, Baton Rouge. So we're Are you going to be there? Uh, yeah, that's that's along with T2EA Women. We're going to be okay. doing that. Oh, wow. So we're wow. planning, like, really trying to get fundraising and things like that underway for that. And then, of course, you have the International AIDS Festival coming up next year, so that's another thing. And actually, since I'm on your show now, this would probably be a good time to mention that they are actually looking for help for that. Um, And so the person that they would need to get in touch with, I'm looking at the website right now because there was a memo that had gone out on C2EA Outreach, is Justin Anthony Thompson, and you would need to email him at Thompson dot Justin and I can I'll open it up on the chat room so oh, that great. they know and all the information. Um but they what they're looking for is they need, you know, groups to get started and they need people to email Justin um so that they can get working on certain groups that they need for the International AIDS Festival coming up. And if mm-hmm. anybody would li- like to call in regarding that or if there's something that maybe you can add to that, that would be great. Well, great. Well, thanks for calling in, Diane. No problem. Well, we appreciate it. I'm, that's great information. So thank you for sharing that with us. And, and I'm glad so that you had some uh, fun at over at uh, Pride Fest. I sure did. Yeah, that was interesting. <laughs> <laughs> that thanks, was. guys. Appreciate it. And we'll talk All to you All right. Soon. Thanks for calling in. Talk to you soon. Okay, thanks, bye-bye Diane. now. You're welcome. All right. Bye-bye. Wow. There's so many people that are doing such amazing things and work in the community. Yep. It's uh yeah. it's so good to hear. Yeah, and and you know, it's I I think one of the the bigger things that we always we seem to be reaching out to people who are already infected and talking about, you know, being infected or affected. It but 
one of the things that we, I think, still need a lot of work on, and, and I don't know if you'll agree with me on this one, is, but is, is awareness and prevention. Absolutely. You know, I, I think that is probably the most important to, you know, to really get out and, you know, because HIV is a perfectly preventable disease. Mm-hmm. Um, and yep. I, I think that when we talk about HIV, you know, we talk about, you know, uh, many times we we talk about, you know, how we became infected and, and, and things like that. But sometimes what we steer away from is how we could have prevented it ourselves. And and part of that is, you know, we're, you know, really watching um, – getting intoxicated, watching our behaviors, because I'm not going to say that we don't ever, and what I don't want anyone to take away from this statement is that anyone deserves getting HIV, because no one does. Um, okay. But if we are informed and we are able to make informed decisions, and that, that's, that's when we can prevent um, the virus from spreading. So that's Absolutely. All, all I yeah, I, I, you know, you're so right, and I think that that's what um, a lot of people in the community are working towards. Um, like Logan, um, unfortunately, he hasn't called in yet. Um, I don't he know, maybe he's having technical difficulties too. But um, I'm going to post the link to his uh, website, um, Positive Young People Foundation, and you know. It, it says here on the website that um, they really are trying to stop the spread of HIV infections among young people from 18 to 30 years old through education and to provide valuable information and services to those who are infected. So I think that, you know, they're working with infected and affected people, but they're really working towards prevention. Um, yeah. And Prevention's the key. It, it, absolutely. Yeah, and, and the the thing about prevention is that we have to um, get our elected officials on board with it and really being honest and talking about it. Um, so, so pick up the phone, folks, and call your local representatives, your state representatives, your, and your national representatives, and, and tell them that it's very important that they do more for um, HIV and AIDS um, causes and issues. Uh, because there, there just simply isn't. There's, there's a lot being done, but there simply isn't enough being done. So, and we all think, have the power. Yeah. Do, do you think that some of it has to do with um, social stigma? Because um, I'm feeling like one big thing that's happening here in New York is um, that they are the government is trying to pass same-sex marriage equality. And yeah. um, it could come to a vote by, like, Tuesday. Um, we have a new governor in town for the past six months, and I think that he really wouldn't have brought this to the floor unless he knew that it could pass. And uh, I feel like if that passes, it really is going to speak volumes to young people um, and everybody really saying that, you know, being – gay is okay and it's okay even to be able to get married and I think that that is going to lower the social stigma around just being gay in general thereby hopefully increasing self-esteem 
for people. And if mm-hmm. they feel like they're more worth it, they might feel like their lives are worth using a condom and protecting themselves. Well, sure. And and I think it even goes, you know, that that's part of it, right? Because we can certainly talk about the gay community and how HIV affects the gay community, but then they've got the heterosexual community at the same time. Mm-hmm. Who think that it is a you know who who really some people really don't think that it could happen to them and um, and I've been invited to be on a radio program on Friday a local radio program here in Charlotte uh-huh. on Friday to talk and what their their big push is um, getting people to drink more water stay off the sugary sodas. And he was the the guy who's who's the founder of this uh, organization called No Fizz Charlotte um, was at the race yesterday at the 5K run yesterday, and um, I got an email from him today that he would like to interview me and talk to me about um, HIV and the HIV community and the gay community because he doesn't he is only aware of HIV from what he hears on the news. So I thought oh, that was wow. an amazing outreach. It's like here's a straight guy. Asking me about HIV, do you think I'm going to pass up that opportunity? <laughs> right, exactly. Those are, you know, that's uh, who we want to spread the message to, right? Exactly. Yeah, exactly. in a very yeah. real and, way. Um, that's yeah. that's not sort of the sensationalist um, TV stuff that happens. Right, because we all have. I mean, all of us who are infected. Um, who who happen to have this virus, some of us aren't strong enough yet to go out and talk about it. So that's why there are those of us who are willing to stand up and talk about it and and fight that fight because we know that some folks just aren't comfortable with it, and that's okay. And you don't have – I mean, you'll everybody gets to a point, gets to gets to a – an end state when they finally stand up and say, you know what, I, I have HIV mm-hmm. or I have AIDS. I have full blown AIDS. And right. that's hard to you know, to to say to yourself. But I think what's made it so so difficult over the last here I go, thirty years, thirty years this month. Over the mm-hmm. last thirty years, um because HIV has always been associated to with um, associated with the members of society who are deemed not worthy. They have been deemed not equal as or equal to, and deemed as throwaway. So, and I'm talking about you know sex workers. I'm talking about drug users, um, IV, ID drug users. I'm talking about. Um, how gay people have been perceived, I, you know. So it's always been this constant battle to fight the the big, loud statements that many people in in some positions of power make, and um, and it, it's been tough. And, and it's hard for those people who who see that and that's how they see themselves because that's how that's how. Um, They've been described for so long, and once you know, when people finally find their inner voice and that power, 
and they're able to stand up for themselves first, and then they can go out and stand up for the community. So, absolutely. I mean, yeah, that's uh, that's what I hear a lot in my practice that um, a lot of my clients have not found their their voice, um, and they're terrified of people finding out and. Uh, whether it's family members or um, jobs or anyone in their lives. And uh, even, you know, even in dating situations, it can be really hard for people to come out as positive. Um, So not everybody has their voice, and I think it's up to other members of the community to be able to help them find their voice and be a voice for them when they don't have it yet. Um, Yeah, and and, and, and for those of us who have found our voices and mm -hmm. those of us who are um, willing to go out on the limb and stand out there and stand arm in arm, we also have to be compassionate to those who aren't as strong as we are, who haven't found those voices. And we have to be we have to be able to stand with them and sit with them and let them cry and let them grieve and let them work through what they need. And we need to be there for them. We need to be a sounding board with and not, and, and, and not provide advice. Yeah. Until it's asked for. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. I, you know, I think that, um, I just forgot what I was going to say. <laughs> oh, I remember. <laughs> um, it's really about sort of meeting uh, people where they're at in their lives and not to forget that um, not everyone is in the same place um, yep. and not everybody will get to the same place. And sort of coming out uh, about any part of your identity can be very different and very unique for each person. And it can also be a very real safety issue so that even when I'm counseling young people, you know, you always hear people saying, come out, it's good to come out, everybody come out. Um, But it's not always safe to do that. And once you take that step out of the closet, it's very hard to go back in. And so it's really important to be able to uh, explore all the avenues and figure out, you know, how you're going to do it, if you're going to do it, uh, what the repercussions might be, and sort of weigh the pros and the cons. Absolutely. And and when people ask, because people do ask, um, I get asked all the time of, you know, what was it like when you came out to your family? What was it like when you came out to your friends? And I said the first thing that I had to, that I had to recognize was I had to recognize what it was that I wanted from them mm-hmm. for the reason yeah. why I was sharing this information with that person. Right. And I think oftentimes that um, people just blurt it out, not expecting um, the reaction, not expecting or or expecting something very different than the reality of the situation. But it's what do you want from that person? Do you want that person to support you? Do you want that person to give, provide you empathy? Um what is it that you want from the person that you're sharing this information with? And also, one of the bigger 
the bigger um, realizations is that once you give the information to somebody, it's no longer yours. You've now trans- transferred that 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 ownership over to that other person. It is now their information to do with what they want or right. what they will do with it. And and oftentimes we we get angry and we we um we're upset when we have given some information to someone and they share it with other people. And in and when you share your a huge announcement that you're HIV positive or you know that that's something big that that most people can't hold to themselves. Absolutely. It's uh you know, it's sort of one of those things where I'm so thankful that there is the Pause I Am community because you can sort of uh you can not sort of, but you can log on to that site and ask questions and see how other people um, sort of got through the process and see if that's right for you. And maybe through Pause I Am, you can introduce yourself as being HIV positive and seeing what kind of uh, reactions you get and seeing, um, you know, trying out different ways to tell people or not. And I think that that's why um, Pause I Am is, so critical to the community, and I'm just so incredibly proud of Robert um, for for starting that. I mean, he's like it's just a god to so many people because um, I don't <laughs> think that a lot of people really would be able to be where they're at without Paz I am. Yeah, he's a god with a small rump <laughs> and nice hair. That's right. Nice hair and small rump and a god. <laughs> ah, all right. You know, that's that's the way it's going to be. So does yeah, that make yeah. us demigods? Maybe it does. I'll, yeah, I'll say we're yes. more human. Yes, I will say yes, too. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, now, remember, everybody, if, if anyone has any questions, uh, ask away in the chat room or on the line at 347-215-9442. We'd love to hear from you with 13 minutes and 12 seconds remaining. Wow. You got down to the 12 seconds mark. I, I just have 13 minutes showing. Yeah, I am not joking around. Wow. <laughs> so, so guys, ladies, gentlemen, please call us three four seven two one five nine four four two. Scott's not joking, and and if, if we don't get a caller soon, I'm gonna, you know, I'm not sure what might happen. Uh oh. Uh oh. <laughs> so, um, and and remember when you call in to press one, and uh, we will be notified that you would like to speak with us. So. Um, so what what else? I mean, we have we we have twelve minutes left of the show. We've yeah. we've talked away forty five minutes already. You know what I, I would love? I would what? love. Uh, I noticed there are some people in the chat room um, that it seems like maybe they haven't been able to tell their friends, or maybe that they don't have a voice. And I'm wondering if calling in and uh, trying it out or asking a question um, and actually talking to someone, talking to us about their status would maybe 
I don't know, be a first step in some part of their process. So absolutely, uh, and you can call in yeah. and and you can and you can give us a pseudonym if you'd like, a an assumed name, if if absolutely. you will. Absolutely. So if you if you don't want to call in and be public about it, and people will recognize you. So um, feel free, call us, um, pick up the phone, put a towel or or whatever it is over the <laughs> over the receiver, talk in a really gruff gruff voice, and give us some name that you know that nobody wouldn't recognize, and and ask your question if that's if you feel more comfortable that way. Yeah, we'd love to hear from you guys. I would anyway. Yeah, I would too. Okay. There. So let me there tell you, yes. until someone calls in, let me just tell you what I did today, because this was sort of interesting. Okay. I, well, I, ha- I had my High Five HIV uh, support group, which was fantastic, and then I had to go to the Apple Store because I had a problem with my calendar. But then I decided um, this weekend there's a lot of things going on, one of which was the um, – Oh, my God, all of a sudden I just forgot what it was called. But it is a fair, um, basically a street fair. Oh, it's called Folsom Street East. And what that is is a street fair here in New York on 28th Street, and um, it involves the leather community, the fetish community, the BDSM community, um, and the bear community, um, I'd never been to anything like this before, but I really wanted to see it, and I wanted to uh, sort of figure out a little bit more what it was about and and uh, sort of remove the stigma from my mind as to what it was and, and who everybody was. And I do know some people in the community, um, but I wanted to see it for myself. So I went there, and it was interesting because they did have lots of tables relating to HIV and AIDS and testing and um, even vaccines um, and all sorts of things like that. And so I just think that the word, like what you were talking about, the word is getting out in all sorts of different communities. And it was a really, really nice thing to see. Um, and just to have all of those people together together, um, in, so it's like a little bit of a subculture of the gay community. Um, and it was just fantastic. And it was my very first time at uh, a wonderful bar called The Eagle um, here in New York City. I think they have lots of different eagles and all sorts yeah, of Yeah, they're all cities. over the country. Yeah, yeah. They, they're so supportive of, of the HIV community. Um, there's this charity event that I do every year. It's called Breaking the Cycle, and uh, it's a bike ride um, from, well, they they switch every three years, but uh, this year it is from Boston to New York City, and uh, it's about 275 miles, and I'm on the cruise, so I support the riders. I don't ride myself. Uh, One year, maybe I will, uh, but not yet, and um, so I know that there is one team, Team Eagle, and uh, the owners of the Eagle, they're so supportive of the HIV community, and they are available to do fundraisers and um, all sorts of things uh, to raise awareness and money for Team Eagle 
which raises money for Breaking the Cycle, which raises money for the LGBT Center in New York City's um, AIDS services. So anyway, all that being said, it was wonderful uh, to really be uh, a part of that community and immersed in that community. And the people are were just wonderful. So, so did you see anything that really shocked you? I sure did. Um, <laughs> <laughs> because... If anybody has gone to the Folsom Street Fair out in San Francisco, mm-hmm. the first time I went, I was I was nineteen, okay. nineteen years old. I, that was I a was long, young. long time ago. For oh you, my there. god, I was young but hardly <laughs> innocent. But uh-huh. when I I walked through there and I was like, my mouth hit the floor, and so did my knees. And well. Um, <laughs> <laughs> But, oh, my God, I, for the first time in 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 my young 19 years, I had found um, people that thought and felt similarly to me in, in some respects. Now, granted, I, I wasn't into the whole, you know, throwing a saddle on my back and pretending I'm a horse thing, but mm-hmm. um, th- there are plenty of those, and I'm not knocking it, not knocking it at all, if you want to pretend to be a horse, go pretend to be a horse. That's all well and good. But, you know, I found myself drawn to the leather community at, the, at a very early age, and, and I really enjoyed it. And they were, you know, it, it, I was scared all at the same time, and then I was very excited. It was just a lot of things going on in my little mind at that time. So what did you see that shocked you the most? This is this is. I mean, we have six minutes left, so we might as well talk about it. Yeah, I, you know, I think um, it's just I, I'm not used to walking around and seeing people walking around outside in the bright daylight in jock straps and a very very little clothing. Um, so that's oh, just yeah. something I'm not used to. Uh, but what I found really interesting was that. There was a, and I don't have the materials in front of me, and I don't want to move because my cell phone might lose reception, but there uh, there was a table there about this organization. Um, I wish I could remember the name, but it was about kink-aware therapists. And I was like, oh, well, like maybe when I do some private practice, I should sort of look into this and be available for that subculture of our community because I think it's really important. You know, I, I I don't know how many therapists there are uh, that are well-versed um, in, in that. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And I think yeah. that it's just so important uh, to be a resource for well, all parts of our community. Absolutely. You want to talk about stigma. Mm-hmm. You know, if you, because there are people in the mainstream who will, even in the gay community, will will look at people who are into, you know, extreme fetish or kink or, or what have you and look at them as, and look at those people as freaks and mm-hmm. as, um, you know, you know, pervert or, or whatnot. But it's it's like, you know what, just being gay in some people's minds you're 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 exuding the same the same attitude towards people who happen to enjoy something very different than you do 
Absolutely. You know? Yeah. So, I mean, some of the I I mean, some of it is is a little bizarre to me, but I'm not going to pass just because I'm not going to do it doesn't mean that you can't. Go do exactly. it. Do whatever you want to do. As long as you're not hurting anybody or yourself, or if there's let me let me put it this way. As long as it's between consensual adults, do whatever you want to do. Absolutely. And, you know, I through Breaking the Cycle, I, I've met so many wonderful, amazing people that are part of either Team Eagle or, um, you know, just communities that I was not aware of or maybe I was aware of them, but I was a little intimidated by them. And, you know, these people um, are just as nice and wonderful and caring and open as anybody else. Um, And I think that, uh, you know, they shouldn't be discarded or ignored or stigmatized. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. And besides, those who are listening, if you've ever wanted to try a little kink, a little fetish, do it. You might get off on it. Do it, do it, do it. Absolutely. Go have fun. Yeah. You know, and, and but always remember what your limits are. How did we get onto this conversation? Um <laughs> but you know but and so here's my one you know, you were talking about safety earlier. Yeah. About coming out and things. Same goes with um with fetish and kink. It at any time that you're not feeling safe and or or you fear for your own safety, get out of it. Always have Absolutely. a safety word. Always have that safety word. Yeah. And oh, and make sure that your partner knows what it is, and um, and that you both agree. Never ever 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 ever. And I know this is going to be sound. This is going to sound very absolute, but and I try. I'll try not to make it sound absolute. But try always try to talk with your partner before you engage in any kind of sexual activity and and always agree. Yes, and, and I just always, wanted to say... Always um, agree that, on it. Yep, that's very important. Um, you always have to sort of uh, feel like you're safe. Um, yep. I just wanted to mention um, next week's show is going to be Nelson Virgil. He's a 25-plus year-long-term long term HIV survivor. Um and so he's a chemical engineer who has become a leading advocate for sports nutrition um, and supplementation and the promotion of wellness in the HIV-positive community. So don't and I forget have to his tune book in. Built, and I have his book, Built to Survive. Excellent. So don't forget to listen in next Sunday um, at 9 o'clock. Yay. And we are down to our last 40 seconds of the show. Scott, this has been... A real pleasure. Well, I've I had a great for me time. too. Yes. Well, I'm it's glad we got terrific. to sit, we got to talk a little bit. We, I mean, I felt like I was catching up with an old girlfriend. It was great. <laughs> okay, so you're not old, but you're still a girlfriend. All right, excellent. Yay! Yay! So, so we're down well, to the last 15 seconds. Yes. Happy Father's Day, everybody! Don't forget yes. to visit Pause I Am and PositivelySpeaking.com. Right. Yeah, absolutely. So thanks, everybody, for listening in, and have a great week. And this is Pause I Am Radio signing off for the week. We'll talk to you next week. Bye.
Bye-bye.